presented by TikTok. Hey, good morning, Playbookers. I'm Raghu Manavalin. By now, you've probably heard the news, but here's what we're watching when it comes to Trump's indictment. It's Friday, March 31st. At 7.15 p.m. last night, Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg made it official with this statement. This evening, we contacted Mr. Trump's attorney to coordinate his surrender to the Manhattan DA's office for arraignment on a Supreme Court indictment, which remains under seal. Guidance will be provided when the arraignment date is selected. Even though we've long known this was coming, that legal term, surrender, hit us with the historical nature of March 30th, 2023, a former president at the start of another campaign for the White House has been indicted for a crime, which means he could go to prison. We'll dig into what we know this morning, which frankly isn't all that much more than yesterday because the indictment isn't public yet, though that isn't stopping anyone from forming an opinion about it. But keep in mind that Bragg is just one of three prosecutors currently building criminal cases against Trump and that we are likely only at the beginning of the story of how state and federal law enforcement officials are preparing to hold the former president accountable for alleged lawbreaking. Here's what we know so far. As Politico's Erica Orden scoops, the Manhattan District Attorney's Office asked for Donald Trump to surrender on Friday following a grand jury's vote to indict the former president. But lawyers for Trump rebuffed the request, saying that the Secret Service, which provides security detail for the former president, needed more time to prepare. The exchange, which was relayed to Politico by a law enforcement source and confirmed by Joe Tacopina, a lawyer for the former president, underscores the extremely delicate, unprecedented nature of the indictment. CNN reports that the indictment includes more than 30 counts. Worth noting, the counts can add up quickly. For instance, every one of the 11 checks Trump wrote to his former lawyer, Michael Cohen, can be a separate count. Trump will likely be arraigned in Manhattan on Tuesday, despite Governor Ron DeSantis' offer to harbor him in Florida. Now for the reaction at Mar-a-Lago. The New York Times notes that Mr. Trump and his aides were caught off guard by the timing, believing that any action by the grand jury was still weeks away and might not occur at all. On Thursday evening, after the grand jury indicted him, Mr. Trump was angry but mainly focused on the political implications of the charges, not the legal consequences, according to people familiar with his thinking. He seemed eager to project confidence and calm, and was seen having a very public dinner with his wife, Melania, and her parents at the club and Mar-a-Lago. As Politico's Alex Eisenstadt and Meredith McGraw note, for most people, getting indicted is a setback. From Donald Trump's team, it's viewed as an opportunity. Aides to the former president moved aggressively on Thursday to capitalize politically on news that a Manhattan grand jury had charged Trump, using it to fill their fundraising coffers, mobilize loyalists, and further solidify his hold on his base of supporters in the GOP presidential primary. Operatives close to the campaign noted that the news came just ahead of Friday's end of first quarter fundraising deadline, allowing Trump to increase his totals that would be revealed in a report to be filed next month. Plenty more in today's playbook with reactions and more analysis, but two notable points from the New York Times if you're following the legal intricacies of DA Alvin Bragg's likely case. In New York, falsifying business records can be a crime, and Mr. Bragg's office may have built its case around that charge. 
According to outside legal experts and people with knowledge of the matter, the false business records charge is the bread and butter of the district attorney's office white collar practice. Since Mr. Bragg took office in 2022, prosecutors have filed 117 felony counts of the charge against 29 individuals and companies, according to data kept by the office. And two, Mr. Bragg's prosecutors appear to have taken a more favorable view of using a state election law violation, according to people with knowledge of their thinking. The laws governing elections in New York are unusual in that they explicitly apply to federal elections, not just state elections. And New York state prosecutors have secured at least one conviction in a case in which they combined falsifying business records charges with state election law crimes, though that case involved a state election, not a federal one. A couple of other notes outside of the indictment. The Trump-aligned super PAC MAGA Inc. is putting $1.3 million behind a national TV campaign that hammers Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for his position on cuts to Social Security and Medicare. As Politico's Steve Shepard reports, the week-long ad buy will air on CNN, Fox News, and Newsmax starting today. And in Georgia yesterday, DeSantis met with Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, no friend of Trump's, and found excitement and enthusiasm among state legislatures and local party officials. At one event, a Trump fake elector was in the crowd. In DeSantis's visit to a gun store, Greg Bluestein from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution writes, was filled with GOP activists and officials who were once as enthusiastic about Trump. One notable staffing move, Dustin Carmack, a Trump administration official and former DeSantis chief of staff in the House, is expected to leave the Heritage Foundation for the Florida GOP. Jonathan Swan and Maggie Haberman from the New York Times report. Carmack is expected to be a top national security advisor on DeSantis's campaign, and he's more hawk than skeptic. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 8 a.m. Eastern, the Bidens will leave the White House to head to Mississippi, arriving in Yazoo City at 11.20 a.m. There, they'll get an operational briefing on tornado response and recovery efforts, after which they'll meet with community leaders, locals, and emergency responders. At 2.25, Biden will deliver remarks about supporting the people affected by the storm, and at 4 p.m., the Bidens will leave from Yazoo City to head to Newcastle, Delaware, arriving at 7.10 p.m. As Politico's Jonathan Lemire notes, don't expect Joe Biden to comment on Trump's case. As he writes in a series of discussions, senior White House aides have debated how to respond to a possible charge. The answer never changed. Say nothing. Avoid being accused of trying to influence a criminal justice matter. And why get in the way if an opponent might be self-destructing? Shortly after the news broke Thursday, the White House said it would not be commenting. Here's what's on the vice president's calendar. At 7 a.m., Vice President Kamala Harris and Second Gentleman Doug Emhoff have already met with U.S. Embassy staff in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, and left for Zambia. At 7 a.m., Harris and Emhoff will arrive in Lusaka with an official welcome ceremony. The House and the Senate are out today. Before we get out of here, a transition note. After 22 months and about 423-ish episodes, who's counting, today is my last day at Politico. I'm excited for what's next for me and for the show. I think you'll really enjoy it. But right now, I just want to say thank you for the notes you've written in, for feedback you've ever sent, for telling me you listen every day. I don't know how obvious it sounds, but you know, I'm doing this usually right in the middle of the night. 
2, 3 in the morning, but knowing that this was part of someone's day never got old, so thank you. Alright, one last ride. Subscribe to the Politico Playbook newsletter if you haven't, that's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the oh-so-mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Raghu Manavalan, thanks for listening. TikTok is building systems that are tailor-made to address concerns around data security. Overseen by U.S.-based teams specifically tasked with managing all access to U.S. user data and securing the TikTok platform. We're committed to protecting your personal data while still providing you with the global TikTok experience you love. To learn more, visit usds.tiktok.com.